Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to start by saying if you are going through the horrors that we have been facing in in the United States and in other countries the world around, including Las Vegas, the hurricanes, other natural disasters, just know that, you know, this podcast might be all about trying to find the happiness and light and sharing it with others. But that doesn't mean that my heart isn't with you and that I'm ignoring what is out there and that we aren't ignoring it. I'm just doing the best I can to change what I what I can and where I can. And I know that you as a community are doing the same. I've been posting a little bit more about my heart on these topics on my Instagram and Facebook And I'm there at About Progress. And I also write on my blog, aboutprogress.com. I'd love to connect with you more there on social media and on my blog. Um, My whole goal, my whole hope in creating this podcast was to build a community, not a fan club. I stand by that. And in order to do that, I, I need to hear from you. And I mean that in a genuine way, not in a lever review way. Just let's let's keep up this communication and this talking and do our best to influence the world for better. I'd like to now tell you about someone who has been very influential for good in my own life, Jansen Bradshaw. She is the writer of Everyday Reading, a lifestyle blog that actually teaches and inspires people to be better. It's about reading, raising children, food, fashion. It's everything and it's done in a way and it has been done in a way for so long that makes you want to try to. And that's what I love about Jansen. And that's what we actually spend a lot of time talking about. Just how trying things led uh, from one thing to the next thing to the next. And now Jansen and her husband are both co-creators behind a new business called London Littles. It's Rain Boots for Children. And we talk about how that developed. What led to this trickle-down effect in her own life? And, and how Jansen has learned that fear is useless and that either you do something or you don't, but either way, the time will pass and it will be gone and it's better to try anyway. We also talk about what it's really like to be a blogger and how Jansen tries to stay true to herself and be authentic and, and the field that's very hard to do, um, but why it's worth doing so for her, and as well as the tricky conversation on the ever-elusive balance we like to talk about. I want to now turn our time over to Jansen. I know you're really going to love this interview. I'm here with Jansen Bradshaw. Hi, Jansen. Hi. It's fun to know that we met back in London. How many years ago was that for our study abroad? I think 11, wasn't it? 2006? Yeah, that makes me feel old. But (laughs) well, we've we've been we've managed to stay in touch since then. But I want the world to get to know you a little bit better, at least my little world here. So can you start by giving our listeners an introduction? Sure. Um, So like you said, my name's Jansen Bradshaw. I live in Phoenix, Arizona with my husband and we have four little girls um, ages seven to six months old. And I have written a blog called Everyday Reading um, since 2006, end of 2006. So it'll be 11 years um, in October. Well, that alone is incredible. But what's also (laughs) incredible is that you have created just a huge community from this blog. And what's going to be, you know, businesses as well. You're definitely an entrepreneur creative-minded, bookworm, all of that. But I'd like to start by learning a little bit more about your roots and if you've always been into creating something from nothing, if this has just been an innate part of your personality or if it's something that you grew into. That's such an interesting question because I don't know, I've never really thought of it as um, building something from scratch. I feel like more how I would describe it is that I really like what I like. So, um, you know, I've always been a reader and when I like to read, I don't read like five books a year. I read like 200 books a year. I 
really like to read. And mm -hmm. then, you know, um, after I got married, I started cooking a little more and I got really into food. Like I like going out to restaurants. I like reading cookbooks and magazines and looking at Pinterest and trying new dishes. And, um, so I think more I'd say is that all my life, if I'm really interested in something, I really put a lot of time into it. Mm -hmm. So I was a huge theater kid in high school. You know, I did every show. Um, oh. I did speech and debate. So I just, I like what I like, I guess. You're just, you've just always been passionate about different things. So for, for people who aren't familiar with your blog, what is your blog generally about? So I started my blog as um, a book blog which I didn't even know at the time was a thing um, that people were writing book blogs, but I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun if I just wrote about the books that I was reading? I just finished up, I was just finishing up my undergrad degree online. I had three last classes to finish up. And so, you know, now that I wasn't so crazy full-time in school, I had time to read for fun again for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, oh, this will be fun to write about what I'm reading and kind of keep me honest about you know, actually making reading a part of my life again when it had kind of died off when I was a full-time student. And, um, but as other parts of my life came in, I, you know, started wanting to talk about things that we did in Austin, which was a new city for us and kind mm. of exploring that. And then as we had kids, I wanted to talk about parenting a little bit. When I went back to grad school, I wanted to talk about the things I was learning there. And, um, you know, originally my book blog was only, um, novels or full-length books and then once I went to grad school I was suddenly like oh I actually really like picture books too so that had never been a part of my blog before and then became more of a part of my blog several years down the road and now um, I still feel like books are absolutely the backbone of my blog but yes. there's also recipes um, some fashion things about my kids travel um, things that we do in our um, in Phoenix so just kind of a a general lifestyle blog, but with a strong focus on books and reading. And that's why I love it because it's, it's, it's about people. I, I mean, I was going to say it's about progress, but that sounds, <laughs> that's like exactly my title, but that's what I feel like it's about. It's about, Hey, like, let's do things that are making us educated and trying new things, new recipes, new fashion. I feel like that's what your blog is about too, is just showing let's, let's fill our lives with happiness and try new things. Oh, that's nice of you to say. You can uh, come write a tagline for my blog if you'd like. Oh, I don't think you want me to do that. I mean, clearly <laughs> I'm like stumbling around for a description there, but you know, so, so 11 years of blogging, that is a big deal. I mean, how many of us have started little family blogs that we were committed to for about a month and then we just felt guilty about for the following 10 years? Um, so so what's kept you going? Why have you enjoyed it so much and, and what has it become for you? So I think a few things that are different about my blogging experience versus, you know, people who start family blogs and then feel guilty about them is that um, I had... Um, the year before I started my blog, I had a desk job that was really busy on Mondays and Fridays, and then we just kind of sat around on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, waiting mm -hmm. for it to be busy again. And so I sort of discovered, you know, kind of the early blogs at that point. And so I had probably five or six that I read really um, religiously. And in fact, when we went to London, there were several that I discovered while we were there. Um, are you familiar with Smitten Kitchen? Oh, yes. Okay, because she's massive. I actually started reading your blog when we lived in London. Um, wow. And it was called Smitten Kitten. It was a dating blog. Oh. And isn't that so funny? And I didn't know that. Yeah, so she was writing like about meeting her husband and then these other dates that she was going on. But then when she got married, then she changed it, was, it to Smitten ew. Kitchen because now she was married and making all this food for him. So Yeah, I didn't um, know that. Anyway, so I feel like from the beginning I had this view of – like, I feel like I hear a lot of bloggers say things like, oh, at first I just thought it was going to be my mom and my sisters reading it. But because I was reading all these blogs of people I didn't know, um, that didn't seem weird to me at the beginning. The idea of having a blog that anybody could read and that people who didn't know me might be interested in. I didn't mm. know if anyone would be interested, but it didn't seem weird to me at the beginning. Um, so I think that was different is that I didn't see this as just a family blog. 
I think also one of the things that's killer about a family blog is that there's so much guilt, like, oh, I have to go back and write about, you know, this trip that we took and my baby's birth and all these things. Mm. And because I started, even though I write a lot of personal things now, because I started with books, all those personal things were always kind of like extra. And so it was like, oh, if I write about it, great. But if not, I never felt that feeling of I have to go back and write about it. Um, And so I feel like I haven't had a lot of those. I didn't feel any obligation that I had to document every part of our lives. Like, there's lots of things on my blog that I've just never written about, not because I don't want to share them, but I just never got around to them, and I've just let those go. Yeah. It's kind of nice that you had that set up from the beginning, but at the same time, there were no, well, at least from what I remember, bloggers making money off of it right off the bat. I mean, it took years for that to happen. Um, yes. Right? So you stuck with it for a long time without really getting anything out of it monetarily-wise, Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember um, maybe a year after I started my blog, some blogger, like big bloggers adding sidebar ads to their blog. And it was just like mm. this uproar, like, you have sold out. How could Ugh. you do this? You know, we're, we're now, it, you don't even think twice about seeing a no, sidebar ad. It's no big deal. But, you know, it was a big deal. Like, you're selling your life here. And <laughs> people were just not used to that. And the idea of monetizing a blog was just so ridiculous to most people Mm. so yeah I mean I even though I went into my blog thinking like oh I might have readers that I don't know I never imagined that it'd be a place to make money because I didn't know that was even an option so before it did become something you could monetize did did you almost quit ever um when uh when Bart was in uh, grad school I was working like crazy on um, I was writing on my blog and then I was a contributor for Disney Baby and then a site called Spoonful which they uh, which is also Disney on you know Family Fun magazine yeah um it's basically it was their website version of that it doesn't really exist in the same way anymore that it did then so I was writing on my blog basically 5 days a week and I was writing for Disney Baby, 13 posts a month, so three posts a week, and then Spoonful, three posts a month, and then I had two other smaller contributor jobs where I would write like one or two posts a month, and it was just insane. I mean, it was so insane. And so I told Bart, when you graduate and you're working again, I'm out. Like, I, I cannot do this. But by the time he actually graduated, you know, Disney Baby had changed a lot, so I was writing only a few posts a month from that. Spoonful had kind of shut down. Um, as far as contributors went. And so it all felt much more manageable. Mm. And so then I was like, Oh, I don't want to quit. And you know, then there were kind of new things to focus on. And um, so that that was the main time that I've ever felt like I, I am really burned out. But other than that, I've really loved it the whole time. It's just been such a fun. It's so weird for me to use the word creative outlet, because I I've never thought of myself as a creative person my sister is really artistic she's a sewer and she um, studied fine arts and I always think of her as like creative and so it's weird for me to think of myself as creative because I am like the least artistic person in the universe and um, so it's been fun for me to have my blog and feel like oh there's other ways to be creative than kind of what I grew up thinking of creativity Mm -hmm. as you know, this is something I feel like a lot of us at this age are learning about ourselves. You know, I'm 31, you're, you're 31. And we, I feel like I'm finally learning this about myself too, that I actually am the creative type. But before I didn't think I was because I'd put it in a certain box, but everything you're doing is creative. Everything. Right. And same for you. I mean, this podcast is majorly creative, but not in that like, artsy kind of way that I yeah. think we probably think of as creative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about realizing that about yourself, I think, has uh, propelled me to try more things, you know? I agree. Absolutely. So has that happened for you? Like, what else has, um, have you been propelled into doing from this, from this start of this creative outlet with your blog? So one of the other words that I would never have used to describe myself is entrepreneurial. Um, mm. My husband love has always loved entrepreneurship and been really interested in businesses. And I've always felt like mm, that's not me. And my dad owns his own business. And I, you know, from the time I was little, I always felt like 
I want security. I want something like a paycheck and health insurance. And um, I'm a really practical, not very fun person. And, uh, you know, as eight year old, like what I really want is some health insurance and a 401k. <laughs> um, but oh. with my blog, much like it's kind of helped me see like, oh, I am a creative person, just not in what I've always seen that as. I feel like that, oh, there are all these different ways to be entrepreneurial besides just going and you know, setting up your own store, whatever, you know, I don't know what I thought of entrepreneurship as, but it's been so fun. And I feel like really opened up my view of myself that I think I am entrepreneurial and I didn't know it. And I just didn't realize that that could mean all these different kinds of things. Yeah. And I feel like that's been so gratifying and really exciting for me and um, changed how I view myself in a really positive way. So, so what are some of the things that you have been, you've done uh, the past few years? Uh, so kind of two big projects that I've been working on recently. Um, one is uh, directly related to my blog. So I just launched a um, email course a few weeks ago called Raising Readers. And, you know, so it's free. And if you sign up, then you get um, these lessons in your uh in your inbox about different aspects of creating a family culture of reading and um, instilling a love of books in your kids. And that was so fun to put together. Um, you know, kind of all these things that I've thought about and talked about and learned about over the years when I was in grad school and with my own kids and as a librarian, um, to kind of put those together in a format that made sense to me and that was what I hope really hands-on and useful for people. And um, that was such a, you know, something I'd kind of not been, uh, that I'd felt nervous about doing. Yeah. But then when I actually was like, okay, I'm going to do this, turned out to be really fun and gratifying. And I've, I'm just so happy that I did it and that, that that is actually out there has been really fun. Well, I'm happy you've done it because I've benefited from it. I mean, I signed up for it. I've read every single word of uh, the lessons that you've had on that free course. But also, Jansen, I mean, you're the reason I feel like my kids are readers. I mean, my my kids love audiobooks. I didn't even know that was possible for little kids to like audiobooks until... Uh, you taught me that and how to start and how to get them really involved with reading. And I have three little readers. And I think, honestly, I can credit that to you. That is like the nicest thing you could possibly say. I just love you it's for saying true, that. Though. Thank you. It's absolutely true. I mean, because we started having kids just like a little after you. And so I just tried to follow your footsteps. And I've, I've really been a student of yours for this many years in that regard. And I know that you're doing that for so many others too. The way you do it is, is really empowering. This is a common word that we're coming up with. You know, you, you can do this. I think that's, um, a really interesting thing that I learned from my mom. I mean, I think my mom is awesome, but I also don't look at my mom and think, man, my mom is just like this superwoman. I feel like my mom is a normal mom. Like I'm a normal mom. And she was able to help us love reading and introduce us to great classics. And I think, you know, if she could do this, I can do this. And if I can do this, any mom can do this. I mean, you don't have to be this superwoman or this super mom or, you know, have a PhD in English literature mm. to have kids that learn, love to read. Yeah. I mean, and you might be a librarian, but if if I can learn from you and not be a librarian and have my kids this invested in reading, I know you're doing that for other people too. And, you know, I, I cut you off there because I just got really excited about this course and I hope people can sign up for it. Um, and where can they do that, by the way? Um, on my blog, everyday-reading.com, there's just in the top bar, it says Raising Readers, and you can just click on that and sign up, or there's um, a little picture of my girls reading books in the sidebar, and Great. you can just sign up under that. Yeah, and there's no catch to it either, which is always nice. Yes, um, I know. Several, pe several people have asked, like, oh, are you planning to do a paid course after this? And I'm like, I have no plans to do a paid course. I... I want this to be free. You know, that's one yeah. of the things that I love about books is that because of the public library system, basically anybody has access to books. Like even if for some reason you mm. couldn't get a library card, you know, if you don't have an ID or whatever, you can still go to the library and read books to your kids in the library. And uh, so I felt like this is not something I want to charge for. 
because I think the reading experience should be free to as many people as are willing to and able to do this with their kids. Yeah. Another thing I love about you and I learned <laughs> from you, don't you don't have to always buy the book. Yes. <laughs> oh, I would be completely broke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else have you been doing then that, that your blog has propelled you into? So the other big project, and this makes the Raising Readers course look tiny because this has been such a much bigger scope, is that um, my husband and I have started a business that's launching um, probably right out, right before this episode goes live at the end of September, um, called London Littles, and it's a children's brand um, with rain boots for children. Oh, love it! Did that come from your study abroad in London? Um, so you may remember that when we went on study abroad in London, um, one of the professors and his wife—that's my in-laws, that's my yes. husband's um, parents—and. Um, so my husband grew up going to London, uh, on study abroad. I think he went three different times, you know, when he was in middle school and high school and in college. And so, you know, even though I was married when we went on study abroad, you know, he was really the one saying like, you should go. And we yeah, used all of our wedding money for me to pay to go on study abroad, which was very generous. Oh, of my him. Goodness. Um, but he was like, my parents are going, you should absolutely go. And then when he was doing his MBA, there was the chance for it. So although we both loved London, we'd never been together. Mm. And then when he was doing his MBA, there was a chance to do a semester exchange at the London business school for him. And so the um, two of us and then our two, we had two little girls at the time, we went over there for a semester. And so we finally got to do London together and it was so fun to do it with our mm -hmm. little kids. You know, and we've always lived in the suburbs, you know, in like a little apartment in the suburbs, a little house in a little neighborhood. Um, so it was so fun and different to have this experience in London where our kids were like little city kids, you know, they had their little scooters that they scooted so around, fun. you know, Regent's Park in, and we rode the buses, you know, we you knew where the best seats on the double-decker bus were, and, uh -huh. you know, I got really good at dragging our stroller on and off of the tube, and, you know, it was just a, such a, I feel like such an important and fun family experience for us, so, yes, we love London. As, did you guys get the idea why you lived there for the rain um, no, actually, um, although we did have rain boots for our kids because it does, you yeah. know, we actually, when we got there in September, it really didn't rain at all. But then, and I was like, oh, there's almost no rain here. I don't know what everyone's talking about. And then it turned October and I was like, ah, this is what everyone's <laughs> talking about. It's pouring all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, we like to just talk about business ideas, even though I haven't thought of myself as entrepreneurial necessarily in the past. I love business and it's always been really interesting and fun for me. Um, even, you know, when I was in high school, I worked at Cold Stone and the owners, their son was doing an MBA and he'd come in and kind of talk about like, oh, here's what we should do for the business and kind of help Cold Stone mm -hmm. along. And that was always really fun for me. And then, you know, Bart and I liked to talk about it when he was doing his MBA, different things he was learning about business. Yeah. So we, you know, we've always had a lot of conversations about different businesses. Um, but they've like I've never actually been very interested in doing one particularly until we were talking about London Littles on a road trip last year, and you know we were kind of fleshing out like oh what we do what would we do with this and this and this and um, and it was one that for the first time I thought I don't want to just talk about this I really want to do this this is a mm. brand and a product that I'm really excited about and uh, so here we are uh, a year later and ready to go wow. So it's taken a year. I mean, that to me, that seems so short. <laughs> I, I, you know, in some ways it does seem short, and in other ways it feels like it is slow. It's even... still long too. Yeah, it is. It is a long time. So when you're in it, it's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the things that my mom always um, said there was a, a guy that she knew. I'm going to bumble all the details on this, but a guy that she knew wanted to be a doctor and, you know, I think she knew him as more like a 40 year old man. And he was mentioning how he'd wanted to be a doctor, but he was like, it's so long. It takes forever to get there. And you know, that when he was about 40, he thought if I just would have done it, I'd be a doctor mm. now that, I mean, that time has passed either way. And mm. I, I try to remember that, you know, when something seems like a lot of work or really hard, you know, like your podcast, I'm sure that seemed like just a ton of work, but you think like, yeah. If, you know, if I hadn't started, I'd have nothing. And I mean, mm -hmm. what am I like number episode number 40? 
Um, yeah, you're and up there. Done it. Yeah, I mean, look at all this that you've put together, and that time would have oh, passed so nice. either way. I you're just right, though. I feel like I got to that point where I kind of learned that learned that same lesson, luckily, a decade before that guy did, yes. <laughs> and luckily you have as well. So so tell us about tell us about these rain boots then, and, and how you guys did this, um, so which is a huge been, question. Yeah, yeah yes. Um, it's really been a fun project. And, you know, I think working with your spouse can be um, tricky. I feel like in this case, it's really like, I mean, obviously there's been some times that we've had minimal conflict about it, but overall I'd say it's really been so fun for our relationship to have hmm. this separate thing to work on. You know, you, there's always those jokes about like when you went after you have kids, you go on date night and all you talk about are your kids. It's been so fun to have this whole other conversation and project to be working on together that's so separate from, um, you know, other parts of our lives, you know, that we have this fun thing to talk about, like, oh, let's look at these colors together. What should we name these lines of boots? And so, you know, I've, uh, you know, he's been super helpful in making this thing actually happen, which I'm really appreciative of. Um, and I feel like we both just have this strong love of London and of creating a childhood for our kids that we really love, um, that this has kind of brought so many things that we're passionate about together. And it's yeah. just, you know, we have these five different rain boots that we're launching with. So we have a floral pattern and a red window pane. There's a yellow with kite, a little white kite pattern, and then a navy blue with bears and um, a pink polka dot. So, oh, you know, that. I said, let's name all, let's have names for all these boots. And so then, you know, we got to think like, what are our favorite things in London? So the red, the red one with the window painter, King's Cross oh, and, um, uh, the blue one, the Navy blue ones with the bears are darkest Peru, which is where Paddington bear comes from. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just been so really fun. a fun project, um, to do. And when, when you launch, where, where can people go? Um, the website where we'll be selling them online is londonlittles.com. And then we're on Instagram um, at London Littles, Facebook, London Littles, Pinterest, London Littles, you know, all, all the usual suspects. And, you know, it's funny. My kids are obsessed with their rain boots. I mean, we live in the Bay Area, so it rains all winter long, but they basically lived in them all winter. And, and they were saying today, I get to wear my rain boots again soon. <laughs> so I'm like, well... Let's get you some new ones. I'm really excited to buy some. Oh, okay, so you've got this great product. I mean, we've talked about the colors and the names and all that. How did you actually bring it to light and um, see it to where it is now? I mean, almost launching. So um, that has been such a fun part of it, you know, and all of my work for the last 10 years has really been online and digital content and digital products. So to have a physical product is so it just feels like a completely new exciting thing yeah. and when we got our first you know we got samples and you know we kind of thought oh should we do buckles should we not do buckles how tall should the boot shafts be you know should we have gloss or matte you know all these different kinds of things to think about yeah. that you never think about with mm -hmm. a digital project obviously and uh and then you know you think is this really going to work you know this this pattern looks fantastic on my computer screen what's it really going to look like in person and so when they showed up and they actually looked like we wanted them to look like. I just kept saying to Mark, "These are real rain boots." It was just such a crazy thing. And then to see our, you know, our girls wore them, all, you know, the last six months, um, mm. all the time. You know, of course, we live in Arizona, so it's not rainy. But they're um, my daughter is not allowed to wear um, open-toed shoes to school. Oh. Um, isn't that funny? I think that's weird. I know the teacher said, we're just tired of like dealing with kids crying because their toes got stepped on or whatever. Oh. So, you know, almost all the shoes that they own are sandals because it's 108 degrees. So yeah. she wears her rain boots to school almost every day because um, they're so easy for they're her so to put on easy. and take off. So to see her wearing those has been such a like little thrill every yeah. day when she puts those on. And then as we've um, we've done some photo shoots and so there's been other kids wearing them and that is such a surreal exciting thing to feel like from this idea we had while we were dr driving through the mountain passes to something that you know someone who I don't even know his child is wearing those is 
I just feel so exciting to me in a way that I had never really experienced um, with my blog because it wasn't a physical product. And so, you know, I don't think one is better than the other. I think they're both great, but it's been so different and really fun in a new way that I hadn't experienced before. Seems like it's yet another way where you're expanding this view of yourself and, and what you can do. I wonder if it's almost an, an addicting feeling like, okay, what's next? <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I don't know that I necessarily have things um, on on the horizon that Sorry. I'm thinking of specifically, but I agree that this makes me feel like I could do things that I didn't think I mm-hmm. had interest or capability to do, which is really a great feeling. Oh, that's so incredible, Jansen. Bravo to both you and Bart. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm thinking about you talked about how you've had a lot of ideas as you've gone along. How did you know when to go something like you did for London Littles versus when to stop something? Maybe you were part way or maybe you never got started, but it was like the right call. How do you know? I mean, it'd be great if there was some perfect magic wand to tell you or, you know, equation that you plug this in and yes, this is a go or no, this is a back off. Um, but I feel like it kind of comes back to, I really like what I like. And so, you know, it's fun to have these conversations, but if it's not something that within a day or two that I'm still really excited and interested in about, then I feel like I just have a lot on my plate. I mean, just like everybody, you know, with kids and a house and, um, you know, taking my kids to school and homework and doing the dishes and laundry and whatever that I don't want to add anything to my plate that I am not 100% committed to because I just can't justify the time if I'm kind of half in. Yeah. Okay. So that's just a good barometer, I guess. As I think for me and I, you know, I think a lot of people have done other things that maybe they aren't super passionate about that are really successful. I just think for my personality, um, it's hard for me to do something that I'm not really enthusiastic about. I want to know a little bit more about blogging, if we can talk about that. Um, yeah. Okay, so people just have to think it's it's so much easier than it really is. So this is your chance. What is it really like to be a blogger? How much work do you put in every week and, and, and what do you get out of it as well? It's so interesting because, you know, when I started blogging, Instagram didn't exist. Pinterest didn't exist. You know, Facebook, I can't even remember if like people who weren't in college were allowed on there at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's just such a different world, you know, you, and I look at, I remember writing a post maybe like two years in my blog, like, I don't care about photos. I don't really like looking at other photos, you know, photos on my blog. I mostly just want to write, you know, I didn't have book picture covers when I wrote about a book. And that's so funny to think of now because it's so visual, you know? And Mm. and so when I go look, you know, like if we went on a trip, I'd have these pictures like the size of a postage stamp. I'm like, were you not allowed to do bigger photos, Jansen? You know, what were you thinking here? (laughs) You know, let me put on my bifocals so I can even see these. (laughs) Um, so, you know, when I started, it was just so, such a different, like you just kind of wrote and you had your people that you like read and commented on all the time and it felt very different. Um, whereas now, um, you know, the photos are such a big part of Mm. your blog and then it's not just a blog post, you know, you also have an Instagram account to keep up and a Facebook page and, you know, pinning things and Mm. Twitter or whatever. So, um, it is a lot, but I feel like one of the things I have always liked about blogging, you know, I know some people feel bothered by all the changes and there's certainly things where you think like the Instagram algorithm is really frustrating as it's changed and made it harder. But overall I love that things are always changing and there's new things to learn and try out. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I've kept blogging all this time is that it's always something new and different. You know, that when, photography started being more of a thing on blogs we got a nice cam a nicer camera I mean it was entry-level DSLR but you know I don't know that I'd ever thought five seconds about taking photos and so it was fun to learn like how do you take a decent looking photo and okay now now I need to learn something about SEO and what are Pinterest strategies and um, you know maybe you know dabbling in video a little bit and I think that's been really fun but like you say it is a lot of work and uh Blogging is such an interesting thing because it 
you know, it's like anything like sports, you know, you don't want to, you, you watch an athlete and they make it look easy, like gymnastics. Like, yeah. of course it's easy to do three backflips in a row on this <laughs> tiny four inch bar, you know, anyone could do it. And of course we all know, like you'd be in the hospital in five seconds if you tried yeah. any of that. Um, and so I think, you know, blogging is a little bit the same way is that you want it to not look like a ton of effort. And maybe that's bothersome to people that, it, you know, mm-hmm. it has this like shiny facade on it, but just like you don't want to read a book at the library that's got all the words crossed out that they've edited or you <laughs> yeah. know, early sketches, you want the finished final product. And that's hmm. what I think blogging is, is that, you know, you put in a lot of work on the back end so that the, the completed product, you know, it's fun to read. The pictures are beautiful. You know, it gets to the point. It teaches you something. The recipe looks amazing, whatever it is that you're sharing. Um, is that final finished product. And so, yeah, it does take a lot of work to get it like that. Mm -hmm. So is this like part-time work hours or is this like way more than full-time? Um, I say, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, I should keep a better time log sometime, but I would estimate that I spend probably around 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, so I have a babysitter that comes usually two mornings a week for two to three hours so that's about, you know, four to six hours, kind of depending on the week. And yeah. then about two hours a day, Monday through Friday, while my um, little, while my big girls are at school and my little girls are napping or doing quiet time. So there's another 10 hours. And then, you know, a little time at night. If I'm in my dream life, I wouldn't work at all at night. Yeah. And I just read books. But usually, at least right now, there's enough to do that I have to put in a few hours at night, too. Yeah, and yet you do fit in so much reading. I mean, do you know how many books you've read this year so far? Um, well, I was just looking at my Goodreads. My goal was um, uh, 120 books this year, and Goodreads is telling me I'm six books behind schedule. So I've read 77 books this year so that's far. Incredible. Yeah. So that's just this is a, a topic that you have talked about on your blog as well, and I think it's just really good for people to check that out. How you do fit it in, and how it is a part of your life. Um, but you know, more than that, I wanted to talk about this, uh, how, how blogging became more of a visual medium and how you talked about how it can seem like a shiny facade at times. I mean, it it can be a really superficial medium. And I just want to know for you as a producer behind all of this, how, how are you able to create more heart and purpose behind what you're doing instead of just trying to make people envious or jealous or guilt ridden? Cause I don't feel that way when I read your blog. Um, and I think it seems like a really tricky thing to do. And how do you do that? Oh, that's nice of you to say, I feel like I'm really lucky because I think there are topics that are harder to make feel more authentic and genuine. I think books by their very nature, feel more authentic, you know, authentic and legitimate than say makeup. Um, although, Hey, I love makeup, so I'm not, I'm not down on makeup at all. Um, but I think that writing about books feels less, um, uh, like consumerist or, um, superficial maybe than other topics, which I just feel lucky that that happens to be what I really love. Um, and I think also reading is so accessible. You know, you can, mm. I'm almost anyone can read in some capacity or other. I mean, if you're blind, you can listen to audio books or braille books. Um, you know, you can read nonfiction or fiction. There's, there's so much out there for everyone that I think maybe people don't feel as much in, um, other, um, genres other blog niches um and there's just I I mean I feel like books are just a reflection of the world so there's Mm -hmm. something on every topic you know I'm looking at the books sitting on my desk right now and I've got some cookbooks I've got a a book about Nora Ephron's three iconic films that saved romantic comedy I have a young adult novel I have um a nonfiction book about the Great Depression. I've got um, a middle grade novel. I've got a book about the Kennedys. I mean, it's just something, there's something for everyone. And there's, um, I, I feel like, well, one, I feel like I've veered so far off the actual question that you No, asked. you haven't. This is perfect. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, the other part of that is that I do think um, if it's something you're really passionate about and that you love, 
even, I mean, even if it is something maybe that people consider superficial, I think if you're sharing something that you really feel passionate about, that passion's gonna come through and not feel just like, I'm trying to get you to buy yeah. this mascara or this timeshare or whatever you're writing about. That <laughs> it's something that you love. Yeah, absolutely. I think that really is the difference. And people can, can read that, I think. You know, as as you go about the internet, you, you feel that difference, that difference between passion and being motivated by other things, you know, even by money, which would be awfully alluring. And, you know, your answer actually ties in perfectly to what I still wanted to talk about, how you mentioned re um, reading being something that is so interwoven to your life. And for me, I was thinking this must be a form of self-care for you and how you are able to balance so much. And would, do you think that's a part of it? I do. I mean, I can um, tell when I'm not reading something that I, I, I feel more anxious. Um, I feel like reading is very calming for me and makes me feel like I, I, I wouldn't say in control, but that my life is not too crazy to have time to read. Mm. So what else helps you get recentered then? I mean, in addition to reading when you are dealing with, I mean, just being a mother of four children alone can be so overwhelming. Yeah. But on top of this, you know, uh, being this blogger and producer of content all over the web and creating a business and more, I know you're doing more than that too. So what else helps you be, re um, be centered? So, um, one of the things that I just really try not to fool around with at all is sleep. Um, mm. I, you know, I know there's people who run on not very much sleep and, you know, I'd love to be Martha Stewart or, you know, <laughs> Lyndon Johnson or whoever that say they only need four hours of sleep, but that is not me. And so I get like seven to eight hours of sleep a night and it's not just because I feel tired if I don't get sleep. Like it's hard for me to be a nice person if I don't get a lot of sleep. Like I can tell, you know, when I, like when I have a new baby and I'm not getting a lot of sleep, I can tell it takes so much effort for mm -hmm. me to be pleasant with my children or, you know, not like burst into tears at anything that goes wrong or just feel, you know, really unhappy. Yeah. So I am, I, I do not stay up late. I've actually never in my entire life pulled an all nighter. Um, you not in college, not in high Love school, it. not in grad school. I yeah. I am serious about my sleep because I feel like otherwise I just I just can't function. I'm not I'm not I'm not the kind of person who can get by on very little sleep. Um, I also try to exercise most mornings, and I feel like I do it less for health and more to get out of the house, get mm -hmm. some fresh air, and have no children talking to me for you know 30 minutes is kind of a nice way for me to start my day and feel yeah. like okay. You know, I'm in control of my day, and I, in, even though I'm always sad when that alarm goes off and I have to get up, I feel like it makes such a big difference for me to start my day. You know, I mean, as a mom, there's so many things you can't control about how your day goes as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Not just as mom. So to at least start feeling like I did something that I can control and that was good for me, I think sets the tone for the rest of my day really well. So, you know, I'm not the most diligent exerciser. I'm by far not even close to the most impressive exerciser. I'm like the wimpiest little runner on the planet. But just to get out makes a big difference. And I always remind myself of all those studies that say the best thing you can do for your, you know, the biggest change in your exercise habit you can do for your health is not like to run a marathon. It's to do nothing and then do anything. Mm -hmm. A five-minute walk around the block is going to make the biggest difference to your health than going from like I run five miles to I run ten miles. So yes, just try and get out the door and do anything. Oh, I love both of those. And, you know, I know that you have to stay organized in what you do. So do you have one tip for organization that has really revolutionized or at least really helped you, you know, as you're going through so much on your schedule every day? Oh, I, oh, I wish I had, I, you know, I feel like in general, I'm a, a reasonably organized person, but I don't feel like I have these perfect systems that have just changed everything. That's so I, nice to hear. Actually, <laughs> that's really nice to know that. Well, I don't know that it's helpful, but I'm glad that it's nice to hear. Um, <laughs> you know, I do keep, I have like this, I work with Pampers sometimes and every year they send me this little notebook. 
it's just like a spiral bound notebook. But for whatever reason, I don't even know what it is. I love this little notebook. And, uh, so I use it all year long. It's just lined paper. I mean, there's yeah. nothing in it at all special. It's just, I mean, you could buy one at Walmart for $3 yes. probably. And then when I go places, people are like, why do you have a diaper uh, uh, <laughs> notebook? I'm like, this is just my favorite notebook ever. But I just, um, I try to write down, I have two columns that I do. And one is like home and personal stuff, you know, so like exercise, do the laundry, return my library books. And then one is like my work columns. So, you know, send this email, write this post, put this thing on Instagram. And then I have one little section at the bottom that I do before bed. Like what are the things I need to do before I go to bed? And I'm, you know, I never get through everything on the list and I know that you're supposed to like write, you know, the three most important things, but you know, I'm a, I want to write down the 400 most important things I need to do tomorrow. Yeah. And then, you know, so I, I don't feel like I have a great system. I wish I had a better system, but it, it works well enough for me, I guess, yes. right now. And uh, I'm, you know, for all the work that I do online, I really do like a pencil, a pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do too in the end. You know what? I think just knowing that it can be something so simple and then it also isn't going to be perfect, but I think just trying alone helps, period. I think so, too. And to have a place that, you know, when I think I need to write these things down, that I have one place that I'm going to write that down. If I ever lose this uh, notebook, I'm toast. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I feel like it's it's just a good thing to have something to get your thoughts out, too. Yeah. Um, so the final question I like to ask people, and it's so fun to hear the different answers that people come up with, is what have you learned about yourself the past few years? I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that fear is not a good reason not to do something. I feel like my it's easy for me to be worried about things or think, you know, what if something goes wrong or, you know, we lose money on this or, you know, I write this post and nobody likes it or, mm. um, and I feel like in the last couple of years I've, um, started to feel like fear is not a good reason to not do something. You know, it, it what's the worst thing that could happen? No one reads this post. We lose money on this. Someone thinks this was a terrible idea, you know, whatever, whatever that worst case scenario is. And if I can live with that worst case scenario, then I'm going to do it and just stop, stop worrying about failure and stop being afraid of failure. Because I feel like there's a lot of things in my life that I've not done because I was afraid of failure or, um, you know, whatever failure looked like in that particular um, you know, whether that's a bad grade, like, oh, I don't want to take that class because I might not get a good grade or I don't want to apply for that job because I might get rejected or whatever. And I felt like every time I've done something that I've been afraid to do, even if it hasn't worked out, is not the end of the world. My life has kept on going. And, you know, the first 15 jobs that I applied to and interviewed for and didn't get, I was better the next time. And eventually I got a job. And, you know, I've had blog posts I've gotten better at writing blog posts because I wrote a bunch of really terrible blog posts. Yeah. And um, so I feel like that's been really, have we said empowering too much in this podca Can't podcast? Can't say it enough. <laughs> I think that's what our theme has become in a good way. I feel way. like that has been very empowering for me to feel like I can do things even if they're scary. It's okay to be afraid and to do it anyway. And I hope that my girls see that too and don't do thing don't not do things mm -hmm. because they're afraid of it and I want them to feel like hey try it out and you know what's the worst thing that can happen and you could do it even though you feel afraid oh my goodness Jansen this whole interview has just been so wonderful I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it you're so nice to come on and thank you for taking the time Oh, I'm so thrilled that you even wanted to have me on. I really am flattered. Isn't Chanson so easy to love? She was one of the very first people I wrote down on my long list of people I'd want to interview, and I was really thrilled to have her on the show. And I love talking to people who didn't 
at one point think that they were quote unquote creative or entrepreneurial or whatever it might be. And then they discover this whole side to themselves that they actually are. And just how that opens so many doors in their lives. That's what I got the most out of this interview on top of many other things. I would love to hear what you learned from Jansen. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress or my blog aboutprogress.com. My website is also where you can find the show notes. There I have uh, more pictures of Jansen and her family. I also have pictures of the boots, which are so darling. And I also have linked to everything that can possibly be linked. Her website, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and as well as those for London Littles and her free e-course. I can't recommend that enough, especially because like we talked about, there really is no catch to it. This really is just done out of her desire to promote reading and families. And she has created that culture in our own family. Truly, I I totally 100% can say that's Jansen. Um, I want to thank those of you who have left reviews and subscribed, who have shared this podcast. We are now to 63 reviews. Woohoo! So we're almost to 70, which is my goal for November. And you know what? I'm just thrilled, you guys. I can't ask for much more from you, and I and I love getting to get that feedback. So go ahead and leave me that feedback if you have some on iTunes for me, and keep sharing what you like about the podcast and sharing with others too. I've said this the last few podcasts, but we are now in the process of accepting uh, possible sponsorship. This is good news for the podcast. If you are interested, if you are a small business or know someone who has a small business who would like to become a sponsor, just have them reach out to me. My email is packerprogress at gmail.com and I'll give them more information. That is it for today's episode. This week, we will also have my special 50th episode, the Q&A one, and that will be our special podcast for the month. Typically, those are done the last week, but it gets to be done the first week this time. So back to back special episodes. Um, and I hope it goes well and that you enjoy it. I haven't even recorded it yet. So that's coming next. I want to again, thank you for listening, for being a part of this community. I look forward to doing this. This is something I really love to do and I'm grateful for the opportunity. So I will see you soon for a special episode and next week as well. And until then, take care of yourself.